Matthew 21, 9. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. Love unsurpassing endless love, guiding, shining down from above, fervently trust in all that's true, love each other as Christ loveth you. Bound in sin received his grace, trusting in our heavenly I'm not exactly sure what has sparked it, but I have noticed an increase in people who are wearing different articles of clothing that simply say the word blessed on it. You know, sometimes it might just be across the shirt, just say blessed, or maybe it's on a hat or something like that. But I've been seeing this word, just just that word, and hardly anything else, time and time again. Now, I think it's a great thing. I think it's a wonderful thing. But I think it's also something that we need to be people. As I mentioned last week, you know, I, I happen to believe that we need to be people that whenever we say things or, you know, proclaim things like that, it's important for us to know what these words mean. So I want us today to take a look at what it means to be blessed. So with this, we have, we're going to be looking at the words blessed, blessed, uh, blessed, blessing, you know, all of these things combined together. And we're also going to be seeing some related words as well. Now, it can be very confusing about some of these uh, kind of words and what all they, they mean, so uh, I don't want to confuse you with it. I want to try to keep it simple. All that being stated, and I'm going to throw a bunch of information at you right now, okay? This is what I'm, I'm throwing uh, all at you. Now, this right here is like all these different words that are used. So now you have uh, some words that are used in the Old Testament, some words that are used in the New Testament. And basically, I'm not going to read this whole screen by any means. I just wanted to kind of show this to you. 
Uh, all of these things, if you look at this source here, it comes from um, a, uh, a book that's called Mounts' Complete Expository Dictionary of the Old and New Testament Words. Uh, this has been kind of like one of the primary sources that I've been using, uh, looking through uh, for this lesson and sharing with you the things about what it means uh, to be blessed and to take part in these blessings. So, keeping it simple, here we go. In order to keep this simple, what I would say is that really blessings and, and everything that's related with it has to do with saying good things about someone or saying good things about something. Now, it's important to understand that it is God who blesses. It's, it's not us. You know, we don't really have the, the capabilities of, of, of blessing necessarily, even though we can pronounce these blessings. And whenever we do pronounce blessings upon people, we are asking God. It's kind of like a prayer that you're asking God to bring good things into their life. Um, and we also see that uh, even one definition here on the screen, it literally just says it means speaking well. Uh, and I love that. And I think that that's an important thing to recognize that, that blessing someone or something is speaking well about it. Now, some related terms that we're going to kind of see and is important to kind of keep in mind would be like uh, not just bless, blessed, uh, and blessing, but also praise, thanksgiving, fortunate, privileged, even. Some of these terms, and you know, as we look at this, even uh, like the fortunate and privileged, you know, we might look at those and kind of think, oh, well, you know, we might have a little bit of a negative view about that, but there's really no reason to. Okay, and, and I want us to, to understand that these things, whenever we're talking about God being the one uh, who has caused fortune to come our way or who has uh, privileged us, um, you know, it's not a negative thing at all. In fact, it's a very positive thing. Now, all that being stated, and before we get into uh, the, the Bible and, and kind of look at the history of this word and, and how it has been used by God, I also uh, want to give you a warning. Because I think this warning is very important. And the warning is, don't allow the blessings of God to become a curse. Now, I know that sounds you know, kind of weird. And, and in fact, there is kind of something that perhaps in the future, I'll do even a lesson on how closely related blessings and curses actually are in the Bible. And that, that's kind of an odd concept. But let me give you examples as to how blessings can be turned into curses. Uh, for example... Uh, the material blessings of God, if we allow those to take away the focus from God or the worship of God, then that can become actually a curse. Let's not let that happen. Another way that the blessings of God could become a curse in our life is if we start to think that we are better. You know, that kind of gets into the realm of kind of the terms about being privileged or, or being fortunate. If we start to think that we're better than other people because we've been blessed by God, that is whenever those blessings can become a curse. And in fact, they can lead to our downfall. So I want to give you that warning. And I hope that, uh, that nothing in this lesson uh, will kind of uh, raise you up to that point of, of arrogance or that point of, of turning away from God. Because these blessings of God are such a wonderful thing, a great thing, but we need to receive them as such. And we need to be people who are also willing to share these blessings with those around us. So now let's look at the history of blessings and kind of see how it's used throughout the Bible. And you will uh, see how these different definitions and the different things that I've, I've given you, how they work out throughout the pages of the Bible. Now, this is likely a story that you know, but it's also a very important one. Let's go back to the very beginning. Back to the book 
of Genesis. This is on like the first page of your Bible. In Genesis chapter 1, verses 21 through 22, I want you to realize that God blessed the sea and the air creatures. <clears throat> so God created the great creatures of the sea and every living thing with which the water teems and that moves about in it according to their kinds and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. God blessed them and said, be fruitful and increase in number and fill the water in the seas and let the birds increase on the earth. So God has blessed these creatures and he does that even from the very first pages of the Bible. But that's even not the only things that God blesses in the creation. We see just a few verses later in Genesis 1 verses 27 through 28 that God blessed mankind as well. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. And this, a few chapters later, is also kind of referenced in Genesis 5 verse 2. Speaking about when God created, it says, He created them male and female and blessed them. And he named them mankind when they were created. So that's kind of a summary about what happened is that when God made mankind, uh, male and female, whenever he made them, he also blessed them. That was a big part of the, the creation week and what God was doing during that time. So now we've seen that God has blessed some animals. God has blessed mankind. But have you realized something else? God actually blessed a day. Specifically, God blessed the seventh day. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 3, Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. But the idea of blessing and the concept of blessing continues on throughout the book of Genesis and throughout the Bible. If you fast forward now to the time of, of after uh, the flood, you find out that God blessed Noah. He basically is repeating the blessings from before, but in Genesis 9, verse 1, then God blessed Noah and his son, saying to them, be fruitful and increase in number and fill the earth. Now, he's repeating the previous blessing, but it still is a blessing that is pronounced in new time and is intended to be carried forward. And it is, of course. Now, God is also going to do something just a little bit different. Now he's going to bless, he's going to focus right here on Abraham, and he is going to bless Abraham. But through Abraham, now we see that all of the other nations on the earth are going to be blessed as well. In Genesis chapter 12, the first four verses, we read, The Lord had said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you I will curse, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abraham went as the Lord had told him. So now we see that the blessings are starting to get closer and closer uh, to us. And right here, now we see that it's actually this blessing through Abraham is going to bless all peoples on earth. Guess what? That means us as well. Now, um, unfortunately, several times throughout history, the descendants of Abraham, what they did is they turned the blessings of God into curses, and they started thinking that they were something just so special, which, I mean, in some ways, yes, they were special, but they were special, and they were supposed to share these blessings with other people as well. They oftentimes just wanted to say, well, we're the ones that are the blessed nation, and 
they didn't want to have to do with the other nations. But this promise still remains, this blessing still remains, that all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. And we're going to see today how that takes place. But before we do that, let's also kind of continue on in this blessing, because it doesn't end just with Abraham. It continues on. We also see that God wants to bless the nation of Israel. In Numbers chapter 6, there's actually a blessing that is supposed to be repeated several times. In fact, as I understand it, even modern-day Jewish people, they still kind of reenact this type of blessing that is supposed to be a way of blessing the, the Israelites with the name of the Lord. In Numbers chapter 6, verses 22 through 27, The Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron and his sons, This is how you are to bless the Israelites. Say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. So I will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. Like I said, this is a blessing that is repeated. Um, and, and it's one that was supposed to be repeated throughout the nation of Israel. We also find, if we fast forward a little bit more, that David asks for God's blessing. And there's nothing wrong with asking for God's blessing. In 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 29, we read, now that this is part of David asking God, okay? He says, now be pleased to bless the house of your servant, that it may continue forever in your sight. For you, sovereign Lord, have spoken, and with your blessing, the house of your servant will be blessed forever. That's what David is asking for. He's asking for the blessing uh, to come upon his whole house and for his household to be blessed forever. Now the story continues on because it's not just about God blessing uh, mankind at the beginning, you know, Adam and Eve. And it's not just about God blessing Noah or Abraham or even the Israelites or David, but it's also uh, carries on to us. Now I want us to see that God has blessed us. And I want us to kind of understand what that means and how great of a thing it is that we have been blessed by God. In Galatians chapter 3, now we start to see that in the New Testament what they do is they go back into the Old Testament and bring in those blessings and, and get the believers to realize these blessings that were given to the Israelites. They carry forward and they apply to us as well. In Galatians 3, verses 7 through 9, we read, Understand then that those who have faith are children of Abraham. Scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and announce the gospel in advance to Abraham. All nations will be blessed through you. So those who rely on faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. This carries on that blessing to us. And it shows, specifically quoted in verse 8, that all nations will be blessed through you. That was a promise that was given to Abraham, but now we start to see it. We recognize that if we are people who rely on faith, then we are blessed right alongside Abraham. We can receive the blessings of God. Like I said, though, don't make this think that you're better than everybody else, because the whole point of this is you rely on your faith in God and God will bless you. Now, that means God can bless the person right next to you just as much as he can bless you. God's blessings are not limited. So don't think that you're just something just entirely special and that you're better than someone else. Yeah, you're special. Everyone is special. And God is capable about blessing us all. All of us who are going to live our life and rely on faith, we are blessed along with Abraham. This is not the only time that these blessings are carried on and, and talked about within the church, though. We also see it from the pages of the book of Ephesians. In Ephesians 1 verse 3, this is like almost at the very beginning of the book. 
And uh, this has kind of been on my mind a bit because, you know, on Wednesday nights we've been going through the book of Ephesians. So the very third verse of, of chapter 1 says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Now, this passage actually talks about blessings three different times. One of them is kind of hidden, though, because remember, I said a related term is praise. Well, in verse 3 right here at the very beginning, it says, praise be to the God. That could also be translated as blessed be God, um, because it's the same word that's being used there with praising God, and then God has blessed us. So now in this passage, we see uh, something that we're going to get into this evening, and that is the fact that it's not just about God blessing us, but also we bless God, and you know we we call out. That's something that will continue on this evening. But blessed be God, and He has blessed us. He's blessed us with every spiritual blessing in Christ. I want you to think about these blessings. Perhaps as we oftentimes sing, I want you to count your many blessings and think about. All, well, every spiritual blessing in Christ. The list can go on and on and on. And sometimes it's important for us to do that. Sometimes it's important for us, perhaps whenever we might be down and, and a little bit negative about life or maybe just going through a rough time, count our blessings and see what God has done for us and how much we have been blessed through him. In the next uh, chapter of Ephesians, now we start to see about really kind of uh, some of how these blessings work. And um, it's also not really so much about something that, that we deserve. It's not because of our goodness that we've been blessed by God. Uh, it's because of our faith in God. And it's because of God's grace, because of God's love. And the second chapter of Ephesians starts off in the first five verses like this. Tell, he's telling uh, this church where they came from. And sometimes it's important to remind ourselves and to see where we've come from and perhaps what we deserve and then to see these blessings that we now have in Christ. So Ephesians 2 verses 1 through 5, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived a uh, among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. He's reminding them of really what we deserve. We deserve the wrath of God. Uh, that's we, we were by nature deserving of wrath. That's what... that's. The pathway that all humans have um, have chosen at one point or another in their lives. But, verse 4, because of his great love for us, God's rich mercy has bestowed on us all of these great blessings. And God has blessed us. Now, this is something that was realized even in the Old Testament. And it was, it was stated in the Old Testament. Now we see how it actually comes to us in the New Testament. And it all comes to us, just as we looked in the previous chapter of Ephesians, all of these great blessings come to us in Christ. These blessings were spoken of and were talked about many times in the Old Testament. I want us now to look through um, the one of the Psalms, and I want us just to see how, how blessings are mentioned in this Psalm. Psalm 103, we see that it starts off in the first few verses talking about blessing God, or in this case is translated as praising God. All of these things are blessing God, though. 
Praise the Lord, my soul, my soul, all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all our sins and heals all our diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desire with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. This psalm is reminding us of the great things that God has done and asking us to bless him. Yes, David blesses him in this psalm, but we are also called to bless the Lord as well and to recognize what God has done for us and how he has blessed us. The psalm continues, though. Now, verses 6 through 10. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. And we see in the New Testament how that comes out. That comes out to us, comes to us through Christ and the sacrifice that, that Christ gave for us. That's how the blessings are given to us in Christ. God doesn't treat us the way that our sins deserve. We are deserving of wrath, but God gives us mercy. God gives us his grace because he is rich in love. The psalm, though, continues on still. Verses 11 through 18 now, talking about this love of God. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. The life of mortals is like grass. They flourish like a flower of the field. The wind blows over it and it is gone, and its place remembers it no more. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him, and his righteousness with their children's children, with those who keep his covenant and remember to obey his precepts. This is the love of God. This is what he has shown for each and every one of us. They saw glimpses of it in the Old Testament, and now we see in the pages of the New Testament how all these great things were accomplished through Christ. A few more verses in this psalm, though. Verses 19 through 22. The Lord has established his throne in heaven, and his kingdom rules over all. Praise the Lord, you his angels, you mighty uh, ones who do his bidding, who obey his word. Praise the Lord, all his heavenly hosts, you his servants who do his will. Praise the Lord, all his works everywhere in his dominion. Praise the Lord, my soul. We see that this psalm, it starts and it ends with the idea of praising the Lord or blessing the Lord. We've noticed that we are blessed by God and we see the blessings that God has given and how those blessings also spread and how us blessing God, it's not just about on earth, but it's also in heaven or in the heavens. And these blessings, they continue on. They continue on even in today. And we are still called to praise God. We're still called to bless God. And we also see these, these blessings that come to us in a weekly memorial. And because today is, is Sunday, I want us to turn our attention to, to one final way that blessings are connected with our, our worship and, and are connected with us today. And that is through what we call the Lord's Supper or communion. So now let's turn to the pages of the New Testament and see this connection here about blessings and communion. In Matthew 26, 26, this is when Jesus initiated the communion. That we know of he says uh, it, it reads while they were eating jesus took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it 
and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat, this is my body. In case you haven't noticed this, this phrase, when he had given thanks, it's that when he had blessed it. He blessed this bread, he gave it to them, and he said, Take and eat, this is my body. This is what we remember on a weekly basis. We gather around, we ask God to bless the bread, we ask God to bless the cup, and in turn we take of the blessings. We are reminded of those blessings. And also Paul continues on and he, and he kind of gives it also even a little bit more meaning. And I don't know if he really gives it more meaning. I wouldn't say that. What he does is, is he brings it forward and gets us to realize the meaning that already is there and that we need to be taking part in when we gather together for this meal. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 16 and 17, listen to how Paul talks to the church in Corinth about it. He says, is not the cup of thanksgiving for which we give thanks a participation in the blood of Christ? And is not the bread that we break a participation in the body of Christ? Because there is one loaf, we who are many are one body, for we all share the one loaf. This passage, you've probably guessed by now, it's, I've got it highlighted and underlined here that thanksgiving and the phrase we give thanks, all that is the blessings. So this is the cup of blessing for which we bless. And we become we take part in, we participate in this blood of Christ. We participate in the body of Christ. We see that there is this one loaf. We are this one body. We see this connection here, this weekly reminder that brings us in and allows us to, to take part in these blessings that Christ has given to each and every one of us. So let's make sure that we live our lives in such a way that we can be people who will count our many blessings that are given to us in Christ. And let us share our blessings with those people around us. And let us bless God the entire time. I stood gazing at the mountain, refreshed by the falling rain. The yellow reminds me of sunlight, the red a crimson to meet the artist and shake his